0: Hello and welcome to the Auto Talk podcast. So I've been away for a couple of weeks. I've actually been off unwell but all back in uh, and into the speed of things now. And my guest today is probably going to sound far better than I am because he's actually got a bit of a radio background I'm with Pete Marsden who is one of the operators of 800 best deal cars out in Oni Hunger but when you started this business you were actually known as something else and on the radio
1: yeah that's right I uh, used to work at it was formerly the radio network but I NZ me now uh, for a radio station called Flavor. Oh well, yeah yeah I was known as the alias uh, Pete the Palangi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I did that for I did that for that was sort of a ten-year stint but uh, whilst uh, whilst I was working there, Uh, a friend and i started a little workshop we started off doing car grooms uh well well that sort of grew as a side thing while i was working in radio Ended up starting a car yard uh, a, few, a few years uh, a few years ago. Left radio and now it's sort of my full time full time gig amongst other
0: things. Have you ever noted the number of dealers that start their start their experience out and uh, and have grown to big things from the role of groomer? It kind of seems to be the standard <laughs> career path if you dig back to anyone successful.
1: It totally did. Eh? It's like the guy that uh, the guy that ended up owning four McDonald's franchises. He started off, you know, he started off flipping flipping fries and then worked his way up. But it was yeah, no, he did start off. We we got a small car grooming contract and I was looking for some part-time work and a friend encouraged me to jump on board and give it a go so we hired a little shed in hunger uh, in and started doing car grooms for, for uh, several car yards at that time and that grew into a panel paint mechanical workshop and then uh, chasing the dollars we ended up actually selling a house that me and my business partner had bought together and renovated and then we tipped all of our money uh, through it at Japan. And um, started bringing cars in from Japan, and that was yeah about four or five years ago now.
0: We should probably mention who your business partner is. Uh,
1: Paul German. So he's been in the automotive industry. He's primarily trained as an automotive automotive electrician, but he's a he's a hands-on man, can do anything, and uh, and and he's um yeah he, he's he's fully involved with it.
0: And so the dealership, as it stands today, I mean, what how, how it's it's a really interesting site you're on here, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's, we're in the middle of only and it's it's kind of a giant ramp i almost thought when i walked in that it was an old motorway on ramp but it's it's got a different history to that doesn't it it's
1: also it's got more automotive history it's the old aa testing station in hunger. so to this day we still get people that sometimes hoon up the ramp and say where's the warrant place <laughs> we're like, no, sorry, that's years ago. So this is the old AA testing station. That's why we've got a whole bunch of uh, lanes and uh, old oil change uh, bays that they used to use back in the day. Uh, but yeah, it's our spot, but we love it because we're right smack being in the centre of Onihanga just by the train station. So it's nice. And we've got the good home next door. So
0: right, right. time
1: for a bevy after work sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you yeah, know, I almost feel like there's the ghosts of inspectors pass still down in the pits. That are oh, <laughs> totally. Eh? People,
1: yeah, still, people still getting uh, nightmares about their failings <laughs> from, from the harsh and Inspectors at the AA days it was the old boys in the blue coats back then
0: so, so how long have you been here and, and tell me about the business what do you got on site I mean how many cars do you have during any one time and 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 what what kind of volume are you putting through
1: all right so we're well it's been you know as we know it's been up and down a couple of years with the law changes and things like that and particularly this year but we generate that currently we're sitting about 300 cars online and we move. They're not all on the site though. We've got extra storage located in Onehunga, and we're moving sort of uh, the 150 mark a month. We previously we've sat around two, two to two fifty, uh, which is where we would love to be again, but uh, we're just slowly making our way back there. But yeah, we, we've we scaled down a little bit this year, and so the 150 mark with about 300 cars online, two twenty thousand dollars and under would be our primary, our, our, our primarily, our bulk of our stock. And that sort of goes from seven thousand dollars to twenty with your imports, and then we've got a, a good selection also under under seven thousand of local stock, which you'll, you'll you'll see we've um we've ramped up this year because of the ESC changes we've had too.
0: Yeah, have you found with ESC? And you mentioned before we spoke you've got a bit of a a good database, a good system yeah. you've been working on. I mean, has it changed your buying habits much? Are you finding your pricing's up, or I mean, what's the? Oh,
1: has it? What well, this year's been crazy, like just just because of the COVID. And the ESC law changed smack bang at the start of the year. Like a lot of people don't know how it's been particularly difficult. For people like us, our buying selection went from 100, say we were able to purchase 100 vehicles, down to we're now able to purchase only 30 of that 100 that we bought previously. So it's changed massively. And we've seen price increases this year in Japan. But that's thankfully starting to go the other way now because we've got a slightly stronger Kiwi dollar and uh, the prices are slowly starting to come down. But I'm told the big problem with the the reason for the high prices at the moment is the U.S. dollar. Countries purchasing vehicles on the U.S. dollar is sort of uh, weakening us and, and making our buying power a little uh, our buying power a little bit less. It has been a hard purchasing year for sure.
0: All those, all those African African customers have just got so much more buying power than you.
1: That's it. It's all good. A lot of the time, it just comes down to the U.S. dollar. So yeah, no, it's been it's been um we're doing probably I'd say half number of imports that we were doing this time last year. Which is big, which is a big amount of imports to not be bringing in.
0: Yeah, but you, I mean, what's your your kind of forward expectation? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? Yeah, totally. I think
1: it's going to get. I think it's going to get better. I think with the changes that have come in with the ESC, I think it's good. We have done to get a, a better standard of vehicle on the road. What I would like to see would be more of an alliance with dealerships and stuff like that. Like I know back in the day we used to, you know, you used to have to join the the dealership group to become a part of it. And I just think it's become a little bit loose. So what i would like to see over the next next wee while is that yes the the we've got better cars coming in but also i think there needs to be more um, you know i think dealerships need to be able to stand by the products they've got i don't we don't, I don't we i don't think we want these backyard guys i think we want proper dealerships that stand by their names that look after customers customers as well so what i'm hoping is that it's going to weed out some of the <laughs> weed out some of the less desirable car the, dealers the rats
0: and mice as always yeah, seems to i don't said. like
1: to talk down on people that are trying to make a buck but at the same time it's like i keep saying to people if you're going to purchase a car purchase it from a dealer that's been around for a while there's a reason they've been around for a while and there's a
0: reason they're still there not someone who was selling fridges last week it might be selling no, stereos totally week.
1: like i get it and so what i'm hoping is that that's going to all sort of sort itself out and then we're we're guessing, and from people that we've spoken into in the, in the industry, the last time these big changes came in, it was sort of like a two to three year recovery till the vehicles that are now sort of, you know, because now we're sort of forced to buy vehicles at around the $10,000 mark. So maybe a couple of years before they drop down to like the five or six grand cars that we used to enjoy uh, previously before this ESC change. But you look now, like you can't really bring a car in. Around that five six thousand dollar mark anymore, uh, with you see it's just sort of, or well, unless you you game enough to bring an old euro in, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's the old deal, isn't it? I think I think it can be a bit of a struggle these days for the import trade in Wellington when they're trying to trying to get mitigate new laws coming in because the the industry's just proven so resilient. They yeah. take a hit and they. The good traders find a way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's a good chance for the, while we're tidying it all up, it would be a great chance to also tidy up that end of things. And just, I'd, I'd love it for you know, I'd love dealers to have to have a certain amount of money in account or something for to deal with you know court issues or whatever whatever it happens. I'd like I'd like it to be a bit more regulated, but yeah. It's 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 all good. We'll just keep doing what we do. And
0: back to the day, it's probably a bit before your your trading experience where you, I think you should have a have a hundred grand in the bank, I, say, yeah. I think, or something. To what's uh, wrong
1: with that? Like I think that's I think that's good. It's cool, you know. Just let's let's. It'd be cool for it to move back there, but yeah. At the same time, right now, I guess it's just about survival and selling <laughs> enough cars.
0: The AA this week, of course, have announced they're going to launch a, a certified dealer program. Is that something you might look at joining? You know. Uh, getting some credentials as a, a suitable or, or, or backed dealer?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely something we'll be into, but I'm always so wary of those things because a lot of the time they end up being um, boys clubs. Or, or For instance, when we've um, dealt with our workshops and we've looked at becoming um, members of the associ- different associations and things like that, there's, I, sometimes I think they can make it a little bit more difficult than it should be, but I'll totally be into it. I'd love to be an AA certified dealer, but I'm sure it'll come with some great expenditure (laughs) and (laughs) i'm still we're trying to offer affordable cars you know so when extra costs come in it becomes harder to offer the most affordable cars out
0: (laughs) have you found much difference to your f&i operations uh, yeah since covid i mean obviously you've got all this talk about cheap money out there on mortgages but it's not necessarily the easiest money to access i mean how have you found that people are changing their habits when it comes to buying at the moment
1: yeah well our finance our finance would be we'd be probably submitting more applications than usual but not getting as many acceptances as usual and we're getting a lot of people that are coming in here now with pre-approved cheap money and lots of people lots more customers are coming in pre-approved hey i've got my money i've got my money to spend so whether they're going to the bank and stuff like that but people know there's cheap money so they're all trying to find it and then coming in here but our, our finance numbers would be down on what they were this time last year, again.
0: Are you finding you're having to account for that in your overall pricing strategy for the vehicles now as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're trying to. Um, thankfully, with the local stock that we're doing, that's that's working out, that's working out quite nicely. Um, so we've been able to make up a little bit of the margin, margin there and turn the units over quicker.
0: How are you sourcing that? Are you, you got someone camping on the Turner's website uh, running, looking through the auctions? Or? Everything.
1: Yeah? Yeah, absolutely everything. We've got, yeah, we've got a team uh, that we're looking to expand now and they're, they're, we've got so the ex mechanics that are going out and and sourcing the vehicles that we um, that we want, and they're hitting up every avenue and facet you can imagine. Yeah.
0: What what local stuff is working? I mean, what are you what are you managing to source that you're able to turn around for a profit?
1: There would just be a really good, really good, trust sort of Kiwi stocks like your uh, Mazda Acceler's and the Tenzas and. Toyota Corollas like people are still you know forever wanting to buy their daughter or whatever a nice Toyota Corolla so with those sorts of cars like we're not too scared to buy higher K cars because we know that these cars will will keep going and they're quite reliable so it's good just buying cars that we're happy to put our name name behind a car that I'd sell my mum is sort of if you put it through that filter you know it should be a pretty sweet
0: car The the the, the price of that stuff at a, at a wholesale level through the auctions and also at the dealers is, has come up a little bit yeah. in, in recent months are you finding that a problem or are you buying through private sellers and finding they haven't quite clicked onto the rise or
1: yeah it's a private sellers some some are expecting more money because they know that they know that that's the story out there uh, but for us it's just like it's just like going fishing you've just gotta i don't know fish a little bit longer to get the fish this time and <laughs> yeah, just more just put more effort into purchasing the vehicles and, and you might get less success but you just gotta just go go harder yeah but the deals are definitely out there
0: yeah, you had another kind of hit from COVID, and that you had a rental car a re- or rental camper operation as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, we we started uh, with a good friend of ours, a, a camper a, a camper company called Mad Campers, and we started bringing in because we were bringing in our Mazda Bongos at that stage before the ESC law of course we were converting them out to campers and we'd been selling them and doing some things and then we uh, ran some numbers on uh, starting a rental fleet and teamed up with a friend and so we grew that brand to about uh, just over 100 vehicles pre-COVID and we went to our third year doing really successfully with the with our with the tourism operations we were loving it and then COVID hit and so that's been a switch like completely off this year we got a whole bunch of parked up campers just waiting for the people to come back and we just like I don't know, we'll just see what happens. We're not making any predictions at this stage.
0: Has there been any interest? I mean, they, they were very much the backpacker end of the market, yeah. I, I gather. Has there been much interest in the local market to renting those or is it not worth having the doors open?
1: Yeah, you hit it on the head. It's not worth having the doors open, sadly, because um, lots of the big boys are just to create, I guess, create turnover of being able to drop their prices and keep people to keep people employed in their companies. And so when you're competing against, you know, the state-of-the-art luxury camper for next to nothing, just the numbers start to not work you can't put your camper out there for 20 30 a day it just starts to not work so for us we're just like yeah getting a little bit of business a few people are coming over hopefully the australian bubble might open who knows and then but yeah we're just going to wait but that's that was a like that was that sucks that's been like a real like success story it's sort of been like our little golden child and then and then smack bang you know but look what happened to the juicy guys so yeah, yeah fortunate we have fortunately we haven't had to to liquidate or anything like that so it's all good, it's yeah, so, all
0: good. you had an, some innovative ideas in those campers i saw you had you have a one-person camper that was
1: yeah that was i can i can i can take credit for that and the boys will support me i was standing actually on the street in tokyo we were standing at one of the corner of the intersections and i kept seeing the you know how you see the little k cars everywhere the 660 cc vehicles and they're everywhere and i was like man they're so cool and they're they're kind of cute and funny and then i was like i said to uh but paul i said uh you reckon if we turn like one of those like one of those sort of things into like a one person camper but real cool and just one person but we take out all the seats and you just got one thing and it's your like your personal thing on wheels and it was and it started from there and it proved to be really successful and a real really good Return on investment, like better than better than the actual two berth ones. So it was just like, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uh, and then the sea law changed, and it's hard to get the vehicles we need.
0: <laughs> I, I was always impressed to see about seen up on, on websites in Japan. They have the actual K truck motorhomes. Yeah. They look they look yeah. crazy. You ever looked at those and thought maybe that might work here?
1: Yeah. Sadly, I think the six sixty CCs are just a little too sad for uh, New Zealand streets. But it was sort of born from that like cool little car idea. Maybe people will like them if they live just in the city, but I don't think Kiwi's ever going to really take onto into K-cars. They're just, nah, they're too funny.
0: (laughs) Now, you've also diversified into another area, which I think is really interesting. You and your partner have a restaurant, a Japanese restaurant. Yeah. Now, did that come from your trips up to Japan buying?
1: Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> that was it that was it was purely born from um us traveling uh when we first started the business we traveled up there to, to we thought it was really important to set up relationships which it did turn out to be uh with the japanese companies that we work with so we uh, flew up there and had a really really good time eating and and drinking and we just love that style i guess like because if, if you think about how many car dealers have probably been up over the years and how many car dealers do go up like I'm sure every single dealer that goes up there doesn't really need to go up for their trip. Like <laughs> They don't need to go and buy the cars, but I think everyone just wants to go back because it's such a fun place to go out and such a fun place to eat and drink. And so it was purely born from that. We said, hey, why don't we try, because they're called izakayas, and that's sort of like where we, the Japanese businessmen go and have a have, a, have, a, have a, eat and a drink afterwards with their mates and normally stand around and it's smoke. The pub. And they smoke copious amounts of cigarettes normally <laughs> over there, but don't do that here. And then so that was the idea was to try and create that here. And that, that was the idea. And we had A friend of ours had a building that came up for lease last year in like December. We signed the lease and we're like, okay, we're doing this. Cool, awesome. But at this time, of course, coronavirus was starting to brew overseas. And yeah, by the time it hit like February, March, we were looking forward to opening and, and COVID was well and truly on its way. We hit lockdown and yeah. <laughs> but then we ended up spending the, the first, um, I think the first three or four weeks of COVID, we transformed our car workshop into a hand sanitizer production plant. Wow. Um, so we ended up, we worked with a company called Envirochem that supplied all of our car grooming chemicals for years. And um, obviously he's a chemist and he was doing hand sanitizer for a few different companies. And he said, you just need to like, if you guys can locate this ISO, which is the alcohol and there's a big shortage of it. And we need to make hand sanitizer. You can get it out there, and God, so it
0: sounds like a myth deal. It, it felt like Breaking Bad because we had
1: all these. <laughs> seriously, we had all these white tents at the workshop because we wanted to set up a nice, clean area. So we had all these white tents and these white tables, and then we had our staff that were available to come in, come in, and they're all there in gloves and masks, and they're all bottling up hand sanitizer. You've got
0: some spare motorhomes as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. So we
1: ended up we ended up pushing, I think, about two hundred thousand bottles in the end. Wow. And so that was cool because obviously the car yard took a hit, the camper company took a hit, uh, but we were able to use a little bit of extra money to help tip into the restaurant. And obviously we had commitments there and, and financial commitments, so it didn't bleed us bleed us too badly, and that was a little bit of a saviour was doing the hand sanitizer that was pretty cool so
0: the door's open on the restaurant now what's it called and where is it
1: it's called Mr Tanaka's it's inspired from the Japanese food and stuff that we enjoy overseas but it is Japanese fusion we've got a Kiwi chef that's um just sort of like taking the Japanese stuff that we like and uh he started it but it's got your favorite like Sapporo's that you're probably used to drinking over in in uh Tokyo if you've or Japan if you've been over and uh we've also got the Sapporo beer towers so yeah it's like the car two used like used car dealers have totally like just set up this Japanese restaurant. Is,
0: is, is there a Mr. Tanaka? Yeah, of course there is. Can you tell us about Mr. Tanaka? Great guy.
1: Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. He's um he's the real he's the real man behind it all. But yeah, just just never seems to really be in. He always seems to be out fishing or just I just yeah, never really run into him.
0: Reminds me of the story there's a there's a used car dealer in Japan who like a little suburban lot and yeah. he put a noodle shop on his yard to make use of the yard yeah. and he's now got a michelin star on that noodle shop you are kidding in, in the yard in japan for, oh, the, for the noodle shop this is, a, the this is shop. a
1: used car dealership must visit if we go yeah, back yeah.
0: <laughs> when to... we can go back yeah it'll happen eventually yeah yeah oh that's awesome i love that <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess the question I, I need to ask this from my trips up there is does the restaurant do a decent auction house curry rice
1: we don't have an auction house curry rice, I'll be honest. It doesn't do the $5 or the le- even, le- oh no, it's normally free, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's normally free. It's the free meal that you get and it's decent. I've had a couple of auction curry house rices myself, but no, we don't have an auction curry house rice, but we've got brilliant yakitori, your favorite uh, Sapporo beers and, and, and things like that, a whole bunch of um, good steaks and stuff as well.
0: And, and you've got the one, any plans for expansion?
1: Yeah, we do have plans uh, to expand. We're hoping to um, open another one up, uh, perhaps the start of next year. And we've also started a food truck as well. So there's a Mr F- uh, Tanaka's food truck that we launched a couple of weeks ago. We hit up the Auckland Food Show, had it there. That was its sort of first main event, and that was pretty successful. So hopefully have that out a bit more over the summer as well. And yeah, it's cool because it's cool because we've got storage for the cars and stuff. So like, you just park it up. If it's not being used, it doesn't cost you much. And then if, when it is used, you just take your, you know, some of your overflow staff at the restaurant and things like that. So it's quite cool synergies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess we should circle around back to the car dealership, seeing as we are a car dealer yeah. magazine. Yeah, yeah. Well that's
1: what it- I mean, there's car dealerships like our bread and butter, and that's where we that's where that's our stomping ground. This is where we are at the car dealership every day. And so the, having the car dealership though has totally allowed us to be able to do all these other things. And having a big block of land and having You know, team members and staff and stuff like that has totally helped us in heaps of, heaps of like these. Sometimes good and sometimes not so good ideas. I'll be honest. We've had lo- like you, you you've mentioned a couple of good ones, but there's been plenty of crap ones that just don't get spoken about and just get swept under the rug. <laughs> do you want to leave them under the rug? I just want everyone to know definitely there's been some definite failures.
0: <laughs> you've you've got a fairly, fairly big site here, and you do push the numbers for. i mean any any plans to and, and quite a strong brand, I'd say. I mean that O eight hundred best deals deal is a is quite a
1: been around for a while now yeah,
0: yeah yeah any thoughts of of expanding any thoughts of having more than one site or these days with the internet is it just great having this kind of functional yard to support what you're doing digitally and online
1: yeah next year we'll be making a move we've got we've spoken about our ambitions to because at the moment we're in Onihanga but we are split over three sites and they're three large sites. And so we're really trying to bring it all together for one one central unit. So we do want to have one place that's going to have our workshop a panel paint shop our our camper brand and storage all under one roof. And then from there, we would like to have one big yard again. And then and then we do have ambitions to grow. We I'm I'm happy to say this because I don't re- I don't really care about sharing my ambitions and if people know what we're wanting to do. But we we we're planning to go and hit up Whangarei. like that's something I really want to do. I've got a, quite a bit of belief in that place. I think it's going to grow, and we'd I'd, lo- I'd like absolutely love to have a brand up there and in, in our Whangarei and also in, in Hamilton. We've got some friends there that are really keen to work on it. But yeah. now it's just it's purely just like can we get back to those good numbers and just keep the buying like our goal this year was to survive that was it when because when we need everything hit and we took a massive hit in that first lockdown i mean there's everyone who's got a car dealership understands that the subsidies like didn't cover all your overheads the subsidies helped your staff out but we've all got like we all had some massive overheads and stuff like that so in that period i was like right just going to survive this year and i've got to be happy with that if i make it through to the end of the year nothing sinks so so sweet as but yeah we do have ambitions to grow the next year we have to make a move because we've got a couple of big leases coming up site that we're on right now is going to be turning into apartments and this is something like it's quite interesting because like Commercial leases have historically gone up since we've been in business, you know? Land's getting more and more and more expensive. And we're in an industry that requires land. Mm. And it's like it pushes you out. Do you know what I mean? It pushes you out to different areas and stuff like that. And, as it's, you know, I I wonder how other people survive or what their plans are, you know?
0: And, and it's really interesting that, you know, people were pushed out of, out of Graylin and to certain extent Green Lane by... Yeah. By the value prices and came out to things like only hunger and penrose and yeah. that. And now they're being pushed out of only hunger and penrose by development.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, so there's this real push to be an owner occupier of your building. Like there really is. It's hard, man. Like what, what happens if the rent's double in, in 10 years, you know, landlord's done well, but it might all of a sudden you might not, might not be a financial exercise, you know, a good exercise to have your car yard there anymore, or maybe you need to push out. So yeah, we'd love to try and own our buildings. That's the goal, but that's, that's a, the big boy Stephanie, <laughs> are, <you, laughs> yeah,
0: are, are you expecting to stay in the same area I and mean, i know you said that the sites work prior that the sites work well if you've got the train station down the road yeah. and so forth now we'd like to
1: stay in onehunga we're known for being in onehunga and um we, you know we'd probably be the biggest yard here by by mile i'd say just because we've been around here for so long so we'd love to stay and do business here but we're also completely open to moving and just doing whatever it takes to, to stay versatile and to get into the right building
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, look, thanks for for chatting with us, Pete. Yeah, awesome. I think next time I'll come with a list of businesses that you aren't in, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll work from that. But uh, look, thanks for joining us on the Auto Took Podcast, and uh, we'll uh, no doubt catch you around the uh, industry doing something. And I'm going to have to go and try Mister Tanaka's, but. Oh, you really do need to add that curry rice
1: yes uh, i know i know curry rice and then we've got people saying hey now nah, i need the bento box or maybe even a good ramen oh let's be honest there's so much good japanese food that we really really need to have in there but um now nah, if, if you know if anyone's ever uh, ever around more than welcome uh, pop in and i'd love to have a Sapporo with you and say what's up <laughs>
0: brilliant excellent yeah. thanks for joining us and uh thanks for listening to the podcast don't forget to go down to the bottom of your little player on your phone like it rate it subscribe it share it to all your friends it really helps us to get these great uh, discussions within the industry out there to more people and uh, we'll catch you in a week's time